0: Conquer Nation. I am so pumped and excited to bring you this episode. Um so Smoke Ryan Smoke is uh the crazy man who of Tridat, Team Tridat, that did Iron Man Boulder with Bryce as a team, a two-man team. So uh, if I don't know if you remember, but Smoke was on one of the very first podcast episodes we did, and the sound quality was absolutely terrible because I had no idea what I was doing and our equipment was uh not up to speed, but we have gotten that fixed over the year in your year year and a half or so, and uh, we sit down and have a great discussion about um, a lot of things. And some of the first half of the episode, we talk a lot about Ironman Boulder and everything that was involved with that, uh, how him and Bryce's day unfolded and and the challenges and the triumphs that happened that day, the uh, the fun and the misery that went along with doing an Ironman and doing an Ironman. Uh, Pulling another human um, around 140 miles in the mountains of colorado Uh, so and he really gets into a lot of really fun stuff and some things that i didn't know about but the uh, last part of the episode is really good to to we dig into his training uh, what he did that was so different this year uh, how do you train for an event like this mentally and physically so it's some really cool stuff Uh, it was a great conversation and any chance that We get to sit down and hang out and talk Uh, it's always fun and i think you are going to have some incredible takeaways from this Uh, not only from maybe what you can do in your training on a day-to-day basis no matter what you're training for or whatever life is giving you that you're trying to accomplish and go forward but uh, just learning about how to do something bigger than yourself and how to make the world a little bit better of a place. And that's kind of what this episode is all about. We cover both topics. Uh, you get a lot of great takeaways from it and it's, it's really awesome. I would highly recommend that you go and follow uh, Trydat on Instagram, that's where they do most of their stuff. I'll put the link in the uh, show notes and click along, follow them, watch their adventures, watch their journey. Uh, I know myself and Smoke and Bryce will be speaking at an event in September uh, of 2019 here in Oklahoma City. So we can post things that, uh, where you can buy tickets for that. Uh, it's not our event, but we were honored to be asked to speak at that and share more of our experiences that we had going through this journey together. And our next episode, I am trying to get Bryce lined up and get his side of the story and his adventure through this Iron Man world and i think that is going to be a blast of an episode and super fun so please uh, follow along with everything that we're doing on this podcast subscribe leave us reviews that's how more people find it that's how uh, it shows up in more places and share it with people Uh, and please subscribe because anytime you can leave a review or subscribe that helps bump us and helps people find us but please uh, if you have ideas and topics or people you want to hear from don't hesitate to shoot me an email. Uh, you can do that at ryan at conquertraining.com or hit me up on any of the socials on Facebook or Instagram, both at Conquer Training. And uh, I would love to hear your feedback. And we have some really fun things coming for the rest of the summer. So uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. I absolutely loved it. I think that's a great conversation. And follow along with Tridat and all their future adventures. Thanks and have a good time. All right, Smoke, let's, uh, let's jump in and talk about uh, a couple of different ideas and different topics today. First, I want to get a recap from you because um, we talked, I guess, maybe like a year ago when we did this for the first time about your ideas that you guys were going to do with you and Bryce and uh, Team TriDat and what your adventures were and what your plans were. And for people that don't know or haven't listened to that or followed anything on the socials just kinda of catch them up on who you guys are and what you do and what your mission is and uh because I think once people listen to this episode and then they go check out your Instagram and look at you guys and follow the journey, I think it's gonna be eye opening on what they can do in their lives and that's kinda of what we're after in this episode. Um and then what they can do in an efficient amount of time by just thinking about things a little different. So I want people to be inspired by this episode, by what you guys have accomplished to this point and what your future plans are as far as a mission for your team. Um, But I'd also want people to get some takeaways on how they can improve their fitness and their journey of whatever it is by thinking about things just a little bit different. Um, So first, I guess, let's jump in and and kind of give a brief history of you and Bryce and what you set out to do and why you set out to do it. And then talk about the stupid
1: story that you guys (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> went through so let's jump in Absolutely. there Absolutely. well thanks for having me back again yeah. on your podcast truly appreciate it I it's crazy it's been a year yeah it has been that we talked about this but to give you you know the listeners you know a background um, information <clears throat> i started uh, tridat the dat d-a-t stands for do amazing things and the tri really has very little to do with triathlon as a whole but for the last 10 years i've been doing triathlons and i competed in the ironman world championships in 2017 in kona hawaii it was a, a lifelong dream to be able to have that opportunity. I remember crossing that finish line knowing that I wanted to give somebody that same opportunity to experience what I just just felt. <clears throat> and so that, that finish line, in essence, became the new start line for what I wanted Tridat to be. And Tridat had been um, in existence for a couple years prior to that, but a very soft situation. Basically the do amazing things was you see a need, fix a need. And so it was very microcosm in nature and I enjoyed it, but I wanted, I knew I wanted to be more, but I didn't know what. So like I said, when I crossed that finish line, I knew immediately I want to give somebody the same opportunity. And so I set out for the next several months of networking to find somebody, to find a family who would allow me to take their son or daughter and tow them in in a kayak, pull them behind my bike and push them in a cart for a, you know, a certain amount of distance. If it's a sprint triathlon, or if it was somebody who was really crazy and allowed me to do a full Ironman with their son or daughter, I was set out, you know, hell bent and set out to do that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know who what family would, would want me to do that because that was not my wheelhouse of being around a family with somebody with special needs. And and I've that's got, a big ask. It is a huge ask. Yeah. And I got to think of like my son grew up with this this young man named Bryce Wooten. Um, from junior high through high school. And his family was amazing. I knew them from a distance, but I didn't really know them. <clears throat> but I knew the impact they had on my son's life, you know, just how, much they, how gracious they were to him. But as, every, at, as things happen with everybody who graduates from high school, everybody goes their separate ways. I remember calling my son go, going, hey, dude, what would, what would you think if I called Bryce and asked him if you know, his mom would be willing to let me do this? He's like, you know... I think you're crazy, but go for it. <laughs> right. And I was nervous. Yeah. I was really nervous you know, in making that phone call. And, and I'm so glad I did. I did a year ago, January, reached out. Bryce and I met a few days later. And, that's, and I broached the subject with just doing a running race. Mm-hmm. By no means was I, was I going to throw a triathlon in their lap. And they were extremely like, hell yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Let's do a running race. Right. I'm like, all right. So we trained. at the OKC Memorial Half Marathon in 2018. We did that, and what's funny is I bought this customized cart. You know, it's like a this you know super high power, mm-hmm. you know stroller if you want to call it. And I bought this before I ever talked to Bryce. Bold move. And it was it was literally put in the cart before you know right. before the horse, and that's how committed I was to doing this. And thankfully, Bryce and his mom were like let's do it. So Bryce and I started, you know, running in it, and I remember just the first few miles of just trying to run in it. How bad my shoulders hurt! I'm like, oh man, this because is not gonna...
0: People think about pushing their kids in a stroller when mm-hmm. they go run. Yeah.
1: Now you're pushing an adult man. Yeah. In uh, a cart that's a big cart. It was. It's a, The cart's forty pounds, forty-five pounds. Bryce at the time was 125 pounds, so you know, do the mm-hmm. math. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And so you notice any little incline you felt it in your shoulders and your legs. And I, I struggled with them. I'm like, how in the world are we ever gonna get through 13.1 miles of doing a run? And we did get through it, it was a struggle, but our, our goal was to do a half Ironman distance race at Man in Oklahoma City in September of 2018. So for the viewers back home, that's a 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, followed by a 13.1 mile run. We did that along with your help and Brandon's help as being our, our Sherpas for the yeah. day. And it nearly killed me, but it was a learning opportunity because our ultimate goal was to get in to do a, a you know an Ironman race, one hundred forty point mm-hmm. six miles. So we had to get a qualifier in under our belt in order to be. Because you had to finish it. Is it sub eight? Sub eight and a half hours. Eight and a half hours. Yeah, we okay. had eight and a half hours to do it. We did it in just under seven hours and some yeah. fifty minutes. Yeah, we yeah. had plenty of time. So, but the day was, I let go my shoulders. I knew, I knew exactly. Where are my body things hurt? And I knew going into Boulder, these are the areas that I've got to focus on over the next nine to 10 months. So I communicated with you going, hey, we got to do things different here because mm-hmm. this isn't about going out and, and doing this this fast. Because my biggest concern was the bike. Yeah, 112 absolutely. mile b- bike in Boulder at altitude with 4,000 feet of climbing, towing 160 pounds it was, it was a whole new... With a time cut off. With a time cut off. Right. So that was our biggest concern, everything we focused on. Swimming was never going to be an issue for us. Yeah. You're was, a really strong swimmer, so that was... Yeah, we knew that we had that in the yeah. bank. But I still had to adapt and, and be strong enough on the swim, you know, just to maximize... To so not take
0: any energy out for the rest of the day.
1: Correct. But you come out of the swim smoked, It's you're, you're, you're dead. You're done. Yeah. So we knew, you and I developed a plan, and for the folks at home, Ryan, you know, you coached Mm -hmm. me through this and I look back on, I'm like the things you, you, we talked about consistently talked about having our plan and visualizing what this, what this particular workout means, right? Why I'm doing, why I'm assigning you, you know, this workout for you right now. I didn't understand it at the time. A lot of times I hated you when I was doing certain wall (laughs) sets, followed by getting on the bike. I definitely want to get into
0: that workout because you were the first experiment on (laughs) that and it, Seemed to work out okay. It was.
1: And so things made sense as it progressed and built out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we've talked, I think my longest training week was 15 hours. Yeah, maybe. Didn't do a, you know, I wasn't doing a lot of, you know, big long hours mm-hmm. each week, but I was being smart and efficient with my time. And a lot of that consisted of band work, core work, you know, focusing on the, the muscle you know, areas that I knew I'd really be reliant upon come race day.
0: Yeah, and I definitely want to dig into that because a lot of that stuff you came up with and did on your own and I, did, and I still don't even know all the details mm-hmm. of kind of what you were doing there. I just know we would talk about X, Y, and Z, but then you would go to the gym and create your own plan. I mean, you've been doing gym work long enough that you are smart enough to know what you need and how to do it and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So yeah, I'm interested to dig into that because I don't even know the details of kind of what you were doing there, Okay, so for sure. So race day, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. So you get to the race, yes. you're at altitude, because um, I want to dig into our training, but I want to give people um, a quick overview of the success and failures that you guys had that day. And um, so let's just start with a swim. You get in that morning, it was super cold.
1: It was. The, the air temp was low 40s, 41, 42 yeah, degrees. It was and this is June 9th. And we had Bryce, you guys had Bryce wrapped up like a burrito. <laughs> he was. He, he did look like Chipotle. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> And so I felt good about how he was positioned. You guys did a remarkable job. So it took the, the, the burden off of me, make sure his safety was right. It was cared for, and fortunately, Ironman allowed us to go off. You know, right behind the pro women, right. so we ha- we got ahead, start amongst the masses of people, and so really, once the the gun went off, we, I was in the water. The water was, the water felt great. It felt great. So mm-hmm. I was in a great spot for the first 1.2 miles of the swim. You know, I was smoking it. Yeah, I mean, you were I clear was, of I was everybody. clear, everybody was great. Um, we had a slight tailwind, and so when that happens, you really don't feel the, the kayak behind you. Made the first left turn, you had a crosswind, and that's when I had to be more mindful because if you're not siding correctly, you know, the, the kayak drifts off to the side mm-hmm. and it pulls you, and you. If you're not mindful, you start Just to like drift a current, off you essentially. Dri- you, you, Exactly, you drift off course. Right. So then you have to overcompensate with that particular, you know, the off arm to get yourself back. Mm. And I knew I couldn't be blasting my shoulders. Right. And so uh, all said and done, we had a great swim. You guys killed the swim. We wanted to be out of the water. I think our goal was hour 25. Yep. I think so. And we came out at hour 20. Yep. And it was, we came out, things were great. Handed, you know, handed him off to you.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing is just kind of give a brief interruption here is me and Brandon were basically the Sherpas. So Mm -hmm. we were in charge of Bryce and that way you could focus on you that day. And you could focus on what you needed to do to get from A to B. So we were basically Bryce's right hand man of whatever he wanted and needed. Mm -hmm. And so we've got him in the boat, got him loaded, hooked him to you. You took off when he comes in, we take Bryce, we get him to the bike, get him in the cart get him ready to go while you're doing your transition. And then when you come off the bike, we were there to take the cart off the bike, get it set up as the runner, give Bryce anything and everything he needed. Um, and then once you guys got on the run, it was kind of you were on your own. Right. Uh, but we were there to just be uh, whatever support for Bryce that he needed mm-hmm. and wanted. Um, and so that's kind of what our piece was. Right. So you could just focus on you. Right. Yeah. And so you guys got out on the bike well, I think we were like 15 minutes out of schedule. We were. Uh, for what our plan. We, knew, we had certain time cutoffs, because mm-hmm. Iron Man has time cutoffs. And we knew we had to be at a certain spot to make the time cutoff for the bike, which was everything for us. Right. And you guys headed out on the bike, 15 minutes out of schedule. Everybody was smiling and loving life. <laughs> and then reality set in. Reality set in at mile three. <laughs> and that's, all, that's early in 112 miles. We did. We got
1: off. We in. It took me a while to realize. Anytime you were headed towards the mountains, it was a false flat, and you were you were climbing. And mm-hmm. I'm looking down. I'm going. I'm going nine miles an hour. Mm-hmm. This is a flat section. Mm-hmm. Is something wrong with my bike? I got off the bike to see if something was rubbing, and nothing was rubbing. I'm like, I- I'm done. Yeah. I don't. You know, just mentally the doubt You know, was wanting to pop in. I'm like, get on the bike, move. Mm-hmm. And once we turned away from the mountains. Like, oh, man, I'm doing 18 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm doing great. Yeah. Life is good again. But the, the, that course was a two-loop course, and there was three significant climbs. Each loop. Each, each loop. Yeah. And so the first the first climb you know, came around mile 21, and it took everything I had to get to the top.
0: And that's probably the least... Steep climb, it's, yes. but it's the longest. It's the longest, but least the incline wasn't as great. I mean, how, how long do you think of that? climb? It's maybe not quite a mile, maybe, maybe close but to a mile. It probably peaks at like a five, probably six percent grade. Yeah. You know, probably yep. most of the climb. Correct.
1: And again, everybody back home, you know, right? When you're towing 160 pounds. <laughs> it changes. And
0: you can only put out so much power. Yeah. Like it just is what it is. It so is. you just basically are trying not to tip over because right. you're going so slow. Yep.
1: And you're going. Four miles an hour, just standing, just with everything you have, and that's I couldn't stand up on that bike to pedal, right? Because the the C arm on the back of the the hooks to the cart limits the bike's you know lateral mobility, right? And so I couldn't stand and climb, mm-hmm. and so you know that was yeah another obstacle. That was an obstacle, but you know then I had a reprieve for an hour till the next climb. Well, immediately coming into that that second climb. I couldn't do it. My legs—it just—I couldn't pedal anymore. And I had mm-hmm. to get off. I got off the bike and just stood there. and went, "All right, get—you know—get your brain ready." And we'll go back. and I'll talk about the the mental aspect of it mm-hmm. uh, in a moment. But just being able to stay focused on—I've got to move. I got to keep moving. Time, time, time. And I knew that I couldn't get back on that bike and pedal because one, I was on an incline. Yeah. And it took everything I had to hold onto the bike because. You know, this thing is wanting to pull back and go downhill, and I'm on cycling shoes on (laughs) pavement. Right. And so I just started walking, slow, careful walks for a quarter of a mile. Yeah, probably. Going up this, a much steeper hill. Yeah, that one probably peaks out at a solid 10% climb. It was, and I got to the top and I was just doing, I I don't even know what I was doing. I I went to a dark place in my mind just Mm -hmm. to get to
0: that top. And that was the first time we saw you on the bike, actually. It was. We saw you walking up when we came out on the highway
1: to, to track you guys. Yep. Yeah. So got on, rode again. I had another 45 minutes till the, the next big climb. Mm-hmm. And again, I had to walk it. And it took, it was the same process. And you would think, hey, you know, get to the top of that third climb, life is good. Man, I, I, all I could think about was dreading. Coming back to the... Doing it again. Doing the... I had to do it again. hmm So, we came in on the first 56 miles of the bike, and I saw you guys mm-hmm. had special, special needs. needs. Mm-hmm. And you, thankfully, you guys held the bike. I got off the bike, walked around, kind of got my head right, and kind of reset, you know, the button, mm-hmm. and went and did it again. hmm And what was cool is all of you guys, the family, the whole... Everybody was yeah. on that, that first climb on the each loop was there, and I remember I mean, I was grinding to get to the top. Grinding. Somebody took a really cool picture. When I got to the top, and you turn back on the highway, and mm-hmm. you know, I stuck my arm up in there with a fist, <laughs> yeah. and all I heard is, you know just, everybody, everybody was crazy. cheering, and I was like, I, it took everything I had to raise my arm up. Yeah. And so we did that, you know, two more hills, and it literally, I was just mm-hmm. in a dark place. Yep. But by the time you finish that, that third climb, you, you were at mile 94. So you still had another good, you know, well 18 miles yeah, left. Yeah, the typical racer would be done in an hour.
0: Correct. But you guys are averaging, I think, what you end up averaging are like around 14?
1: We were 13, just under 14. That includes yeah. total time of stopping. Stopping and, and all the stuff, yeah. yeah.
0: So it's not like, oh, I only have 18 miles left. I'm almost there. No, <laughs> he's not even close. Yeah, it
1: was. Still got a long ways to go. It was. And nothing. Nothing ever went fast. And, and right. we knew that going into the day, there wasn't, right. it was gonna be a, a slow, steady progression throughout the day. Mm-hmm. And coming in off the bike, I remember coming in off the bike, and I see you and Brandon kind of off to the left, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not moving my bike 10 feet over to you guys, you guys come to me. <laughs> yeah. You guys held the bike and I stood there just, yeah. eyes were in the back a of zombie. my head, and I just somehow got off the bike. I don't yeah. remember how I got off the bike, yeah. I got off and I just walked, <laughs> somehow to the tent got uh-huh. my special needs back i had a foam roller in that i brought and i laid there in the tent and just got my head right yeah and i knew i had time because we again we, we made the cutoff time we, we were doing well on time
0: yep. yeah yeah because you were about 15 minutes past what we planned on the bike in a,
1: yeah in a perfect world we wanted to be in a, so at we eight were, hours uh-huh. i we, came in at 8 yep.
0: 13 and we had, had a 15 minute cushion so we were like perfectly yeah. on with what the plan was yep. because we had planned everything and that's something else we'll get into is just the plan
1: mm-hmm. for the day so we had a we had a plan of attack for everything absolutely mm-hmm. we did and so I sat there and I just I took my time somebody the guy that was running the tent was amazing he went and got me some pizza and I was like oh this is some substance yeah real substance and had some laughs and you got to talk to some of the other guys mm-hmm. and I see you guys bring Bryce in like all right here we go hmm it's time. It's time. Our ultimate goal is we want to be on the run at, at 10 hours. Right. I knew I could mall walk, you know, a marathon in under seven hours. Yeah, because the you have to finish an Ironman under 17 hours. Correct. Yep. And so we took off on the run, and I was actually feeling really good. Spirits were starting to pick back up, mm-hmm. but I, I wasn't daring to try to run for a while. And Bryce was in a really bad spot Bryce, at this point. Yeah, Bryce was in a really rough spot. hmm um, but once we got out on the bike, you guys had gone, you know, to the grocery store. And, oh, on the on the run or on the bike? I, I, on the on the run. Yeah, on the run. And you guys had bought, went to the grocery mm-hmm. store and bought chips, cookies, a bunch of different stuff, and, and we had that on our the cart for the mm-hmm. run. And Bryce and I set off, and we're and we're just walking, and we're kind of we're able to now talk to each other for the first time all day. Right, which is huge. It was, and Bryce loves to talk, and so we're just sharing, <laughs> you know, you know, just. Blah, blah, blah. And what was unique about it, I never, you never know what to fully expect until you, you're in it. People would come in and out of our lives you know, on that, that run for a, a minute to 10 minutes, and they would want to either know our story, share their story, because something in their, mm-hmm. in their home life related to somebody with a different ability. And so we had these cool, small moments with people mm-hmm. uh, that I wasn't anticipating. That, you know, my my energy level in the, it was beyond low coming off the bike. Right. But as we had these conversations with people, we'd have some laughs and we'd share some stuff and the encouragement of people going, you guys rock, you guys are this, way to go. That energy level started to pick back up. The, you know, the mental energy. Right. Going, we've got this, man. Right. You know, it was like so thankful and, and the mountains and everything and you guys were there and the spirits are picking up. About an hour into I'm like, right, I'm going to test the waters here and see <laughs> if I can just trot right and I would trot for a little bit walk that went on for like another 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. and I started kind of feeling better like, yeah because we're tracking you were like
0: trying to get ahead of you to see you at certain points we're like what is he doing like no like he's going like 12 minute pace like what in the world because yeah. we had planned on like basically a walk most
1: of the day right and we're like oh my gosh like yeah. He, they're feeling great they're yeah, doing we were, great. yeah so we were bryce had cut some great laughs and i started running and things were good and then about mile 15 you know, this is when the last time i saw you guys mm. the novel it's just like i can't my body and the legs can't keep doing this because right. the way that course was set up there was a lot of these punchy little up and down hills mm-hmm. under bridges and i just couldn't which if you were running them on your own wouldn't be such a big deal no but pushing 160 pounds and going going down yeah going down you know you're pulling back you know and just the the eccentric loading on my quads going down was just too much right and so from mile 15 to mile 26 it was we didn't see you guys anymore it was gotten dark the sun was going down it was just cold people were leaving the course Mm -hmm. going home and it was just us and so you know we learned a lot through that Mm -hmm. and just the conversations we had with each other But I remember, you know, just telling Bryce, we're getting closer. Like, buddy, this is your moment. This Mm -hmm. is your time. This is what it's about. And all I'm thinking in my mind is this is what I set out to do when I crossed that finish line in Kona. Mm -hmm. I visualized and visualized and visualized what it would feel like to give somebody that opportunity to hear that, you know, to get that feeling. And it was coming. And I could hear it, and I could see it. You could see the
0: lights and hear but the finish line. it was still five
1: miles, four miles, two miles away. Even a mile away, it was like, we still got 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a mile is not close. It wasn't close. But as we got there, I was like, I remember stopping. Literally, like the last turn, I, said, I got in front of Bryce. I said, buddy, this is it, man. Mm-hmm. This is your moment. I want to you know, give it all you got, because this is all about you. Mm-hmm. Let's go enjoy the ride. Yeah. and we took up and we ran
0: yeah that finish line shoot was... and we
1: came down and man it was it was the greatest thing in the world mm-hmm. but you know and then the seeing his expression his mom's expression just it was worth it yeah and, and, and you all mm-hmm. I mean just the, the what the the joy that brought to, to total strangers and their lives was insurmountable words can't describe it yeah the pictures really give a good taste for it so again go back to the yeah. you know the listeners you know, go on our Instagram. You can, you can really get a good sense of the Yeah, and I'll put story. it in the show
0: notes so people can yeah. tag it and get in there and, and check it all out. It was. It was good. But that day
1: doesn't happen
0: if you don't have a plan. Right. So before we get into your plan, what was the reason that, and what, what's the mission that you guys, because now you have other ideas mm-hmm. um, going forward of lots of different things, not just long endurance races. Right. But what's the purpose for you and Bryce the bigger purpose for this, outside of you wanted to help someone feel something that maybe they couldn't do on their own, right? What's the real stuff behind that?
1: You know, Bryce and I would have a lot of con- a lot of times we'd spend together on Sundays in our conversations, and one thing I realized quick, you know, early mm-hmm. on is our upbringings. Even though he has been in a wheelchair with cerebral palsy, mm-hmm. and I've been able to do anything just like every normal person mm-hmm. our upbringings were very similar in regards to our home lives with our dads mm-hmm. you know we both grew up with, with substance abuse issues the, the, you know, the power and the weight that, that that weighs on you know children right and so we both our stories were identical and how that brought insecurities that became part of the fabric of our life and how we've struggled with it you know through young adults and how I've overcome those things in my later years and so, we looked at each other and said, "That's our common ground," because inclusion is what we're about. Mm-hmm. You know, but inclusion also involves everybody of all walks of life, disabilities or full on. Mm-hmm. They can do everything. But passion over possession is what we're. Our, our, that's our. That's your theme. That's our theme is passion over possession, and what we mean by that is, you know, we all think if I get that new car that new house that, if I take that vacation if I just get that raise at work I'll be happy and we're all striving to, to reach towards that mm-hmm. but the thing we struggle with is that, that short term and what I've learned over the last several years of giving back to causes and being able to do you know try that that, that passion that I've had towards these things has helped with the healing process of things that have had possession over me and those for me, the possession was the 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 voices of that I heard growing up mm-hmm. you're you know you're not good enough, you'll never do this, you're a piece of mm-hmm. you know some harsh words you would hear growing up that created this you know these doubts, and so those things had possession over me and so when you start finding things you become truly truly passionate about and so that's our story to people is give back, find a way to find something. A cause, whatever it is just one time. I promise you, that feeling you'll get, you know, is greater mm-hmm. than any new possession of a material thing that you could ever have. And I think the inclusion theme is
0: very relevant in the world that we're living in today, absolutely in America and all the craziness that's going mm-hmm. on. No matter where you're at, but it's it's inclusion of everyone, no matter who, what. When, where, and why kind of situation? Exactly. Um, and Bryce, um, me just chiming in on this whole road to here has been an amazing teacher um, to a lot of people, especially our inner circle that was part of this. On a, we weren't in it a day to, on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. but kinda. Um, and traveling with Bryce and just seeing what his obstacles are every single day, um, and how his amazing family deals with whatever it is. Um, I mean, whenever we went to Boulder, we just four of us went, and we uh, had a guys' trip weekend. But just going into a restaurant and eating, or getting into a restaurant, or mm-hmm. parking, or just all the little things that we take for granted every day that you just don't think about, um, or maybe spend time um, helping or thinking about others that maybe you know having an issue doing the most basic things. Right. Um, yeah, he's taught me a lot about slowing down Mm -hmm. and uh being a little bit more patient with x y and z but yeah the journey i think for anybody that was a part of it it changed them forever um which has been i was so lucky to be a part of it especially on the inner circle side of it Mm -hmm. because it it absolutely changed the way i look at so many things right um so Getting out of that, and I would definitely want to have Bryce on here, and so whenever he hears this, he's going to love it because he's been wanting to do the podcast yes. for a long time. So we will get Bryce on very, very soon, and, and everybody will the best. will hear um, and learn a lot of things that they may have not wanted to learn. Um, yeah. So, um, but let's d- jump into your training for a minute. Okay. Um, so w- we talked about most people when they're thinking about I got to do an Ironman. How do you ever do that? What I've never done that. Like how many hours I got to do. I think my whole philosophy on training is always purpose-driven mm-hmm. and not junk miles or you need to put in these really long days. And so, you know, traditionally, you need to do a lot of swimming, right, because mm-hmm. um, you got to cover 2.4 miles on the swim. The bike is 112 miles, um, so depending on how fit you are on the bike depends on how long you're going to be out there. And in your case, we knew it was going to be around eight-hour bike ride, which mm-hmm. is... Mind-blowing of how long that is to set on a bicycle, uh, and we knew it was going to be a seven-ish hour run slash walk mm-hmm. situation. It's just a long time to be on your feet, and a lot of things can break down in the body in that amount of time. Right. So we kind of went about this training in a little bit different way, outside of the standard. We're just going to put in a ton of miles, and we're going to build this endurance mm-hmm. base that it's off the charts we said, hey, we're not gonna do a whole lot different than what you would normally do, training for an Ironman by yourself, mm-hmm. but we're gonna get really efficient about everything that happens that day, we're gonna have a plan for everything, we're gonna nail everything down, and we started planning and thinking about the obstacles and the extras, I mean, what, oh, probably a year ahead of time, yeah. but I mean, and that's talking everything from like, jackets, food, you have onset asthma sometimes, mm-hmm. like. The altitude, how to train for that, like anything and everything we could think about. Sunscreen for Bryce, like just what if he got cold? What if it rains? Like how do we keep him dry? Like right. all of the things we try to think through. I think we did a good job for the most part. We did. Um, but getting into you specifically, you can't train, especially since you don't live with Bryce. Right. With that 160 pounds every single day, so. With the swim i think we only did four thousand one one time maybe yeah. twice mm-hmm. and you only did it pulling the kayak minimal amount of times correct um so we didn't so but we didn't do those specific things till towards the end right same with bryce and the bike we didn't do towards until towards the very mm-hmm. end um and then the cart runs we did once a week well, whenever you did them, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and that was only like an hour pushing the part right. to try to get the shoulders and stuff. Yep. Just getting that muscle memory of what's gonna happen. But let's talk about your out of the water swim training that you did, mm-hmm. um, that I think people really neglect and don't do enough of. Yeah. Because I'm a huge proponent of strength training. Right. I think every endurance athlete, if you get on my stuff, you'd like see, like I can't push it enough. <laughs> absolutely. Because people don't do it. Right. And um, so let's talk about what you did for your swim training outside
1: of the water. Yeah, absolutely. Band work, okay. um, when I do go to the gym, you know, I do you know, machine weights that are you know, isolated to you know, s- strengthening the spine, mm-hmm. the lats, and the core, okay. and the shoulders, you know, so those are things I would focus on, just things that I knew that were swim related, mm-hmm. and I would really just dive, dive in on that, okay. and so I did that for the last several years, right. so it wasn't something I just decided to start doing mm-hmm. last November. It's been several years in the making, but I knew I needed to really emphasize those particular muscle group mm-hmm. muscle sets. So, and
0: you even got, you even bought an amazing piece of very expensive, high-end uh, training equipment for your house that Chuck Norris would be very proud of.
1: Oh, oh yes, a <laughs> I, I, uh, total gym. Total gym. I bought right? the first, I bought one in 1996 from. Mm-hmm. And is that when the infomercials were full blast? I, I don't know. Uh-huh. It, for,
0: it may have been before infomercials on them. It,
1: it, it was 200 bucks. I bought it because that's all I could afford at the time. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you, I used that thing for 13 years.
0: And if, if nobody knows what Total is total, gym, total Gym is, just Google to, Total Gym and Chuck Norris.
1: Christy Brinkley also does Ooh. it now, so that, uh-huh. that's a win. That. <laughs> but I, I used that thing, so I had to weld, use a welder twice on it. On the on the original one, The original, uh-huh. but now you so got, I went and got I a, bought fancy a new, new one. one. I bought a new one a year ago. Uh-huh. I'm telling you guys, i it's the greatest thing in the world. I paid 180 bucks. Oh
0: my gosh, it's awesome. It is. Yeah, I can do. And for swim
1: training, it's it's beautiful,
0: beautiful for swim training. because yes. you get the, basically cause what you're trying to simulate with the mm-hmm. band work and the and the pull down stuff right. uh, and the total gym is that catch in the water mm-hmm. and activating the back and the lats yes. and the shoulders. Uh, and trying to simulate the catch and the power that's needed in the catch right. of the water, right? And so, in the stabilizers, you did a lot of stabilizer work with the bands. Correct. Uh, to work all those tiny muscles mm-hmm. in the shoulder um, for the cart and for the swim, for the run and the swim, right? Right. So it's, it's a different component there on the run, but um, what would you say your favorite movement is uh, when it comes to the swim, like in the gym, like the bands or... I see you doing that a lot. Or bands, it It is
1: just because to me it's it's all about the you know the catch Mm -hmm. and getting that elbow. Working on trying to get that elbow in the right place, pulling back, right, keeping it high, not letting it drop. Um, So you're working technique. Technique. I'm more about if I plus the power. Correct. There's no point. You can be as powerful as you want, you know, but the technique's not where it needs to be to be efficient to propel through the water. Right. What's the point? And so you were just hooking the bands
0: like waist high, correct? And then bending over just at the waist, over at a 90 degree angle. So you're simulate being
1: flat in the water. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it would just work that. And I could feel, I could feel, the isolation of those particular muscles, really, and just focus on that. Yeah. And so when I got in the water, I could, it just became more natural. Right. And so because it's repetition, it's repetition, and visualization. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I want to nail into your
0: visualization that you went through because you did some Lionel Sanders-esque mental training when it came to this day. Um, And then so on the bike, let's talk Mm -hmm. about that. So the bike, we only did what, how many times did we do it with Bryce twice? We did it with Bryce one, two times. Two times. And one of them was a three hour day. Mm -hmm. Um, So we covered 50-ish miles that day. Yeah. Um, And then the other day was like- 100 miles. 100 miles. And this was the day of the whole year of training. Yes. For us to, that was going to tell us if we had a chance. Yeah. So we went to. For anybody that lives in Oklahoma, we went to Draper, and you rode around Draper, which is a lake. It's like 13 ish miles yeah. around for seven hours. Yeah. it's brutal. Yeah. Mentally brutal. Nonstop. Nonstop, just back and forth. Yep. Um, with Bryce, which was a good thing for him to experience being mm-hmm. in the cart that long. Yeah. Um, and we made it. We did. It was a long, tough day. Yeah. But you made it. Um. But outside of that, you did a, I mean, I don't know if you did a lot of hundred miles. No, ride. I, I never, did. I, I hardly
1: ever rode outside. Yeah, I'm always on the a, trainer. And the trainer. And so my training rides, a lot of it, it, it's out in the garage. You know, I don't do Zwift, I don't do any virtual reality, I don't watch movies, I don't, I, it's lights are off, head down. I use uh, Trainer Road for the mm-hmm. app. Plug in, you know, what program I need to do for that day, mm-hmm. and close the eyes and get after it, which
0: is brutal. Mm-hmm. Like physically is one thing, but the mental grind of staring at nothing. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I'm so like shiny shiny. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I truly <laughs> can't do it. Like right. when I get on the trainer like that, I have to have stimulation. Right. So Zwift is the only thing that gives me a chance to ride on the trainer, and I think trainer work everybody should be doing trainer work Absolutely. because you can nail in your intervals you can do exactly what needs to be done it's so much more efficient there is no coasting right um, time efficiency is off the charts mm-hmm. um, but the ability to do what you the work needed to be done is huge right and if you can mentally do it for five hours yeah sometimes like you did or going and riding outside for a handful of hours knowing you got to come back and get on the trainer for two or three hours right I don't know how you did it.
1: Yeah, and they were these weren't these were heavy cadence. Yeah, building power. Building power. Everything was about about building power. And, you, and like you mentioned, I was your first guinea pig mm-hmm. to do one of your workouts. We had to
0: experiment with things because this was totally out. Of, we had no idea what to do
1: right. or how to do it. And this started early on because we officially mm-hmm. like rang the bell was it January one or December one. Like uh, we, we started we, December one. December one. Yep. We it's go time. Right. And I don't know, a month or two into this whole deal, mm-hmm. I read this workout one morning, going, "I got to do what?" Mm-hmm. So I had a, a warm up and, and some stuff on the on the trainer. I had to hop off the bike, do a one minute wall sit, get back on for another six minute interval, mm-hmm. and I did repeated that seven times. I think something like that your first time, yeah. And so the first, well, what I realized is the the first and second and the last wall sits. Were the worst. Mm. The middle section I just numbed out. Right. But those first two, you could feel the lactic acid build up. Mm-hmm. And the last one, you know, it was just like fatigue I, 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 was, I was
0: totally fatigued. Right.
1: And it was like an hour workout.
0: Yeah, but those getting back on the bike wasn't getting back on and spinning. You would get back on the bike and hit it again at a low cadence, yeah. grinding grind hard it. as you can push, and then it would work into like a little bit of a spin recovery before you did it again. Right. But it was all about power and total fatigue yes. and blowing out the legs. It was.
1: And I remember doing this, and this is through the winter months. Yeah. And doing it, and then I'd go to the gym, mm-hmm. and I would do leg press. I did a lot more leg press, mm-hmm. and things that were I knew were again dialed into what I be the muscle groups that I'd be using mm-hmm. for that day. And I remember I went out and rode for the first time like outside, just by myself, uh, like in March. Right. Around Draper, and dude, I was flying. Killed it. I was, I was like, huh. Whoa, progress. Uh-huh. Which is. <laughs> Hard to see
0: when you're just grinding the trainer. It is.
1: You get really discouraged. Is is all this really working? Mm -hmm. And so yes, it did work. But that's what we really did. In the the visualization, we talked about when you're sitting
0: in that garage, sitting in
1: those dark moments, because you would. One thing you told me, and I've I've used you for swimming in the past Mm -hmm. as a coach, but I've never like had a full-on coach until this experience. Right. Because I knew there was no way. I'm getting through this on my own, and it took both of us
0: talking a lot of things out to figure things out. Yes, it wasn't like oh, I had this magic plan. Like no, we had
1: to like really think. We were pulling together, and but you would say this workout, this is going to help you, you know, in this particular part of the, the race, mm-hmm. and I and it made sense to me on race day. Like these things all kind of it all came together. Right, and that's why I contribute so much of the success to to you and I working together. Absolutely, through it was a total team effort on that. But I knew that to go do this, it had to be mentally, I had to mentally be on board. And like I said, watching movies and stuff, that, that wasn't gonna cut it. Mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to know to go to that place and I visualized what, when I'm in these dark garages, training, mm-hmm. what it would look like when I woke up, when the alarm went off on race morning, to the time I went to bed. I role played this for nine months. Sometimes I'd only just get through just getting up and getting to the car, mm-hmm. just all the little details. Right. Sometimes it'd be like, when we're at the swim, what does that look like? And for an hour, it's just, I'm just mm-hmm. rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. But the one thing I'd always go back to when things got really dark, mm-hmm. it was hitting that carpet on the finish line. Knowing what that feeling was. Knowing be. that feeling. And it, half the time of thinking that, I, literally, a tear would come to my eye, because mm-hmm. I'm on the bike in the garage, wanting to scream, because I'm, I'm hating the bike, I'm hating this workout, and I'm just, and I would, go, I would just go there, mm-hmm. visualize, 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 and that would get me out of it. And and so come race day, you know, when certain parts of the of the race would transpire, I knew it was like it was so familiar, because like, I've been there, been there so mm-hmm. many times that there was no, nothing caught me completely off guard. Right. There were some things like, ooh, that was different, I wasn't expecting that, but nothing totally shocked us. Right. Because we had rehearsed it so many times. Mm-hmm. And I to anybody, no matter what it is you're doing, if it's something in your career, it's your home life, it's your athletic goals, vis- the power of visualization and seeing it come to fruition successfully it's the the mind is a powerful tool, and this is all
0: new to me. I like I didn't we never have talked yeah. about any of this. It's so powerful. us hearing me hearing about this is just like I didn't know you were do, going to that I to, level. I had to go visualization.
1: I had to I had to go there and visualize these things, and literally when I see the pictures of us finishing, that's what I envisioned.
0: Mm-hmm, exactly what you saw.
1: And what's funny, I because I was designing the kits mm-hmm. way before I, with the kits ever were, were made. I knew we'd be coming down in those kits, mm-hmm. I knew the carpet would be red, right. I knew this, I knew, I, and when I see the picture, I'm like, yeah, I saw that nine months ago. A thousand Even though times. it happened six weeks ago. Right, a thousand I knew times. It. I knew it, I knew mm-hmm. how, and it just, and that's how, to pull something like that off, it takes, it takes a village, it takes your group of people, it takes your mind being able to do things, and all of us had the capabilities to do amazing things, for whatever we are cap- fully capable and willing to put ourselves into. Right, you doesn't, gotta go all in. Doesn't mean, hey, anybody can go out there and, and do what we just did. Right. Because there's certain things I can't do what other athletes on listening to this podcast can do. Because right. they're designed and they're equipped to do it. Right. But this is, was my thing. Mm-hmm. But the thing for anybody listening is you too can pull things out of this and go, all right, I can take this and apply what Ryan said this and this and apply that towards that in my right. life. Yeah, And that's, absolutely. The, that's the takeaway.
0: That's absolutely.
1: And that's, so those are the things we worked on. And, mm-hmm. and you know, kind of finishing up on the three parts of the swim, the bike, and the run. Mm-hmm. The run was very much, for me it was shoulders. Mm-hmm. The shoulders
0: are like. Which is something I never considered uh-uh. until you did your first event. Like dude, I can't lift my hands at yeah. all. I'm shot i never considered that or thought about that.
1: Yeah. Because your, your arms are kind of at a 45-degree angle, you know, pushing this cart. And so the ways we replicated when mm-hmm. Bryce wasn't with me was with 120 pounds of concrete bags, mm-hmm. two of them in the cart. Mm-hmm. So I would get around in my neighborhood. I'd always make sure I got up well before the sun came up so nobody was seeing this <laughs> this weird dude running around mm-hmm. in, in a cart with concrete bags. <laughs> right, And so I would, you know, do this. Mm-hmm. And... I learned from it Mm -hmm. because going straight's fine, but when you have to make that turn, you have to pull down on the cart to pop the front wheel. Right. Because the wheel is not moving like a car wheel. It's set in a straight line. Exactly. So you had to do this pop, pop, Mm pop, pop, and, uh, but, and again, that band work was huge for that. It was. Yeah. And what was remarkable when the race was over, got home the next day, my mind, was completely just spent. Right. My body, Ryan, was held up so well. It was shocking. I was shocked, I thought, because the house we stayed in right. at, at, you know, was had mm-hmm. stairs. I'm uh-huh. like, I'm dead. Yeah. You guys are gonna have to push me down and let me roll down the stairs. Right. I was fine. <laughs> well, that night when we all got
0: home, we got everything loaded up, everybody got back to where they belonged, mm-hmm. And I remember us sitting in the living room and it was, I don't know, midnight. And now we'd all been up for almost 24 hours and you had just done this crazy thing. And we're sitting there and you're just like, yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, I feel good. I feel Mm -hmm. fine. Like talking normal. You weren't out of it. You (laughs) could like function. (laughs) Like, I'm like, what the heck? Just, yeah. I mean, clearly there was still a lot of adrenaline going on and and a lot of stuff going on there. But just the doing these things that are outside the norm for Mm -hmm. endurance athletes or, for someone that's gonna tackle something, um, all added up to, doing all these little things, added up to a hugely successful day for you and Bryce both. And, um, and, and we'll get in, when I talk to Bryce, the sacrifices that he made. Absolutely. And all the training that he did for this day as well. Yeah. Uh, but all that strength work, thinking about everything, visualizing everything, planning for everything, so there was much less stress day of Correct. or the least amount of stress that you could have mentally which turns into physical stress mm-hmm. um all those ter- things happened and it made it a totally successful day but you were like you were not much different than
1: we are sitting right here right now once the adrenaline fully uh, when i fully had the complete adrenaline dump it <laughs> came probably m- monday yeah on the drive home right and for that entire probably for the Four days, I couldn't stop eating, <laughs> yeah. and I slept right because my brain was just—it was a fog, it was an absolute fog—and you know, I I left there just obviously elated with everything. Mm-hmm. But I and let the viewers know, you know, I'm I'm scheduled to do a half Ironman in Canada in ten days. Yeah, how's your training going? for It's that? not going well. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it, I <laughs> I laugh about it, uh-huh. but. You know, everything was on Boulder. Right, everything. And I had to put all all my chips were in the middle of the table. Right, and that's all that mattered. Mm-hmm. Again, my my endurance, my base is still there. It's there, but I've if I've done if I do an hour of work, doing something for an hour, a couple of days a week. Right. In the last six weeks, that's a lot. Yeah. And it's not that I physically can't do it. My mental. Mentally, I'm like, I just... No interest. I'm just, I'm not there yet. Right. And that's okay. That is 100% okay. It's totally okay.
0: Because you went all in on one thing. It takes time to... And that's one thing when I talk about with people in the off season. They're like, ah, I'm going to take a little bit of time off for the off season. It's not about your body recovering. That is part of it. Physiologically, things need to happen for you to bounce back from a long training season or a big race or whatever that you beat yourself up on. But it's the mental, I'm ready and I want again mm-hmm. and that if that's not there don't you're, you're done yeah and you have to have like legit breaks for whenever you want to go all in you can physically mm-hmm. but more importantly mentally it's the mental aspect yes. of it yep yep Um yeah I mean I think that's a great place to wrap it up Um yeah, me too so we'll put everything in the show notes so people can catch uh, where to follow you guys because I know you got some other crazy adventures coming up um that you're wanting to maybe look in and mm-hmm. plan and. Um, I'm sure Bryce will be taking over the world soon, somehow, some way. Yep. So, I appreciate your time. You got it. Thank Thanks, you, buddy.